Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States opinion syllabus in Carpenter v. United States. Certiori to the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Argued November 29, 2017. Decided June 22, 2018. Cell phones perform their wide and growing variety of functions by continuously connecting to a set of radio antennas called cell sites. Each time a phone connects to a cell site, it generates a time-stamped record known as cell site location information, CSLI. Wireless carriers collect and store this information for their own business purposes. Here, after the FBI identified the cell phone numbers of several robbery suspects, prosecutors were granted court orders to obtain the suspect's cell phone records under the Stored Communications Act. Wireless carriers produced CSLI for petitioner Timothy Carpenter's phone, and the government was able to obtain 12,898 location points, cataloging Carpenter's movements over 127 days, an average of 101 data points per day. Carpenter moved to suppress the data, arguing that the government's seizure of the records without obtaining a warrant, supported by probable cause, violated the Fourth Amendment. The district court denied the motion, and prosecutors used the records at trial to show Carpenter's phone was near four of the robbery locations at the time those robberies occurred. Carpenter was convicted. The Sixth Circuit affirmed, holding that Carpenter lacked a reasonable expectation of privacy in the location information collected by the FBI because he had shared that information with his wireless carriers. The Supreme Court held, The government's acquisition of Carpenter's cell site records was a Fourth Amendment search. The Fourth Amendment protects not only property interests, but certain expectations of privacy as well. Cats versus United States. Thus, when an individual seeks to preserve something as private, and his expectation of privacy is one that society is prepared to recognize as reasonable, official intrusion into that sphere generally qualifies as search and requires a warrant supported by probable cause. Smith v. Maryland The Analysis regarding which expectations of privacy are entitled to protection is informed by historical understandings of what was deemed an unreasonable search and seizure when the Fourth Amendment was adopted. Carroll v. United States These founding-era understandings continue to inform this court when applying Fourth Amendment to innovations in surveillance tools. Kylo v. United States the digital data at issue, personal location information maintained by a third party, does not fit neatly under the existing precedents, but lies at the intersection of two lines of cases. One set addresses a person's expectation of privacy in his physical location and movements. See United States v. Jones. Five justices concluding that privacy concerns would be raised by GPS tracking. The other addresses a person's expectation of privacy in information voluntarily turned over to third parties. See United States v. Miller. No expectation of privacy in financial records held by a bank. 
and Smith. No expectation of privacy in records of dialed telephone numbers conveyed to telephone company. Tracking a person's past movements through CSLI partakes of many of the qualities of GPS monitoring considered in Jones. It is detailed, encyclopedic, and effortlessly compiled. At the same time, however, the fact that the individual continuously reveals his location to his wireless carrier implicates the third-party principle of Smith and Miller. Given the unique nature of cell site records, this court declines to extend Smith and Miller to cover them. A majority of the court has already recognized that individuals have a reasonable expectation of privacy in the whole of their physical movements. Allowing government access to cell site records, which hold for many Americans the privacies of life, Riley versus California, contravenes that expectation. In fact, historical cell site records present even greater privacy concerns than the GPS monitoring considered in Jones. They give the government near-perfect surveillance and allow it to travel back in time to retrace a person's whereabouts, subject only to the five-year retention policy of most wireless carriers. The government contends that CSLI data is less precise than GPS information, but it thought the data accurate enough here to highlight it during closing argument in Carpenter's trial. At any rate, the rule the court adopts must take account of more sophisticated systems that are already in use or in development. Kylo. And the accuracy of CSLI is rapidly approaching GPS level precision. The government contends that the third party doctrine governs in this case because cell site records like the records in Smith and Miller, are business records, created and maintained by wireless carriers. But there's a world of difference between the limited types of personal information addressed in Smith and Miller and the exhaustive chronicle of location information casually collected by wireless carriers. The third-party doctrine stems from the notion that an individual has a reduced expectation of privacy in the information knowingly shared with another. Smith and Miller, however, did not rely solely on the act of sharing. They also considered the nature of a particular documents sought and limitations on any legitimate expectation of privacy concerning their contents. In mechanically applying the third-party doctrine to this case, the government fails to appreciate the lack of comparable limitations on the revealing nature of CSLI. Nor does the second rationale for the third-party doctrine, voluntary exposure, hold up when it comes to CSLI. Cell phone location information is not truly shared, as the term is normally understood. First, cell phones and the services they provide are such a pervasive and insistent part of daily life that carrying one is indispensable to participation in modern society. Riley. Second, a cell phone logs a cell site record by dint of its operation without any affirmative act on the user's part beyond powering up. This decision is narrow. It does not express a view on matters not before the court. 
does not disturb the application of Smith and Miller or call into question conventional surveillance techniques and tools such as security cameras, does not address other business records that might incidentally reveal location information, and does not consider other collection techniques involving foreign affairs or national security. The government did not obtain a warrant supported by probable cause before acquiring Carpenter's cell site records. It acquired those records pursuant to a court order under the Stored Communications Act, which required the government to show reasonable grounds for believing that the records were relevant and material to an ongoing investigation, 18 U.S.C. 2703-D. That showing falls well short of the probable cause required for a warrant. Consequently, an order issued under 2703-D is not a permissible mechanism for accessing historical cell site records, not all orders compelling the production of documents will require a showing of probable cause. A warrant is required only in the rare case where the suspect has legitimate privacy interest in records held by a third party. And even though the government will generally need a warrant to access CSLI case-specific exceptions, exigent circumstances may support a warrantless search. The decision is reversed and remanded. Chief Justice Roberts delivered the opinion of the court in which Justices Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan joined. Justice Kennedy filed a dissenting opinion in which Justices Thomas and Alito joined. Justice Thomas filed a dissenting opinion. Justice Alito filed a dissenting opinion in which Justice Thomas joined. Justice Gorsuch filed a dissenting opinion. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to join a conversation on this or any of the other Supreme Court decisions, please find us at facebook.com slash SCOTUSSLIP.